Ephesians 5, from verse 22, we'll see what the Lord wants to say to us in Jesus' name. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That's the first verse, 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. And then verse 25, specifically addressing husbands. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Not that actually is a responsibility given to, parents, to, to, to husbands. They are taught to love their wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Okay? That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word and that he might present the same wife to himself, or the same bride to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives, their own wives, as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, not of his flesh. Sorry. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall live. We know this famous verse and it's repeated also in the Gospels. And of course, it starts from, uh, from, uh, from Genesis. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Lord, we pray that you speak to us, O King of Glory. Lord, demystify, Lord, the role of uh, men, and especially husbands, O King of Glory, as a priest prophets and kings, O King of glory. Help us, O God, to hear your word and to understand it, O King of glory, in the name of Jesus. Use me, Lord, as a vessel this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll touch very quickly on the introduction, a few things here and there about uh, uh, some definitions. I'll speak about husbands as heads and the role of wives. I will speak as a parenting and the role of children. And very quickly, I will touch on the aspect of the priests, prophets, and kings. And then we, I want to pick some of the risks, in particular two, that face men in the current world or in the current age. I will start very quickly. I, I, I'm sure many of us know how to define a husband, don't we? How do you define a husband? I'm sure many times you know that's how to do very cleverly. A husband is a husband of a wife. Is that a definition? <laughs> you, because you don't have words to describe a husband, he's a husband of a, a wife. You know, surprisingly, as I was doing a bit of research on this, I found husband actually comes from house band. You know a house a house band, a band like a belt, eh? something for tying things together. So it's actually a contraction of a house band. And the meaning, and this ideally is actually in a Bible dictionary. It's in Eastern Bible Dictionary, Eastern's Bible Dictionary. It says a husband is actually a contraction of a house band. And the, the, the meaning or the implication is that a husband is supposed to be the connection or the, 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 the item that keeps together the whole family. I'm sure now some of us are starting to wonder whether we have been 
playing the role, the roles of husbands. We are supposed to bind the whole family together. We are supposed to be the connection between the wife and the children. Many times we are out competing with our wives. You know Christ never competes with the church. Christ, the main role and preoccupation of Jesus Christ is to keep the church together. You remember the prayer that he prayed in John chapter 17. That to show that you have sent me Lord. He's praying to the Father. Let the church, all those that you have given unto me, remain together in unity. That is the role of Christ. And the husband is a Christ to the family. Are you getting this? He's a, he's a savior of the family. He's the one who brings, just like Christ brings salvation to the church and protects the church. And the Bible says, if you remember the verse the way we have read, he actually struggles to keep the church together and keep it holy, keep it washed and cleansed so that he can present the same church to himself without any blemish or even a wrinkle. And we are the ones who are kicking our wives left and right. We create the wrinkles who will wash the wrinkles away from them. You may ask yourself, praise the Lord. This is the beginning of things and I think the Lord is here, is today going to speak to us some mysteries about our relationships, not just with, between spouses, but even across the whole family. Because the role of the man, just as the role of Christ is, is to make sure that there is no crack in the, in the church. And therefore the role of the man, to make sure that there is no crack in the family. Praise the Lord. You know, as well, when I say, I'm Utajenga nini? Utajenga ukuta. And where we are, God can still rescue us. God can still salvage us out of it in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And for those of us who have not gotten there, the Lord is cautioning us so that we take care, we take precaution, and we take up our rightful roles as men in the families in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And to show how serious God takes marriage, in uh, the Old Testament and the Jewish tradition, when a man actually gets engaged, the old language to be betrothed, they were actually excused from most of the duties. Even when there is war, they were actually excused from going to war so that they can take care of their engagement and start a good family and move on well. And there are specific verses, of course, that God specifically gives those instructions. In uh, Deuteronomy 24, verse 5, it says, When a man has taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war. God is not asking whether we will allow them to go out to war. He says they should not go out to war. What is the reason? He says, so that they, 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 so they shall not go out to war or be charged with any business, but they shall be free at home yeah, praise the Lord. So they bring happiness to their wives whom they have taken. That's the word of God. What's the symbol in, uh, in your mother tongue? What's the symbol translation of uh, Deuteronomy? It's like the, the law being reiterated, being repeated for you to get it well. The repetition of the law. So that we can get it clearly. So that it sinks. And as the law is being reread again. The same law that Moses had been given by God. The Bible says when a man takes a new wife. They should be excused from all big responsibilities including war. And the only reason the Bible says. So that they can bring happiness to their wives. Because they have taken their wives. Men. We are supposed to bring happiness to our wives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And this also about a man who has gotten engaged or betrothed. is in Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 7. And therefore I'm saying this afternoon that God himself commissioned the family institution. And we know the story of course in the garden of Eden. God created man. Man, male and female. He created who? Man, male and 
Do you think God was, uh, was doing a mistake to create a woman and a man, a, a, a male and a, a female? And then he went a step further, of course, to give guidelines to govern the family institution because it's of value to him. Praise the Lord. And you know why many times churches forget to talk about families? It's because the enemy, using his cunningness, deviates us to the very basic teachings of the word of God. We cannot have a strong church if we do not have strong families. Get it from me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, very quickly, men as heads, I want to summarize it this way. Husbands have a God-given obligation. I'm not saying request. An obligation in law, in French they say obligatoire. Obliga? <laughs> it's an obligation. An obligation is not bargainable. When you are told it's an obligation of the law, you just fulfill it. And then you can go perhaps and start a process of uh, reviewing your constitution. If God's constitution can be reviewed. It's an obligation. He says, men, and therefore men should gracefully take up their roles as heads of their wives. That's what the Bible says. You are the head of your wife. Do we recognize Christ as the head of the church? We sing how many times that Jesus Christ, you are the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Do we mean that? You know what? What the Bible is saying simply in simple words is this. If we cannot comprehend the role of Christ as the head of the church, you know that's why the Bible says we are covered with the righteousness of Christ. We are covered with what? When Christ is our head, when we go before God, God sees the image of Christ, the person of Christ covering us because he is our head. Where do you put the crown of the king? You don't put it on the toe. You don't put it in the hand. You don't put it on the chest. You put it on the head. Praise the Lord. We talk of heads of state. What's a head of state? We talk of heads of government. We understand that very easily because we see the power and the glory. We talk about the heads of families. Do we see the power and the glory? We see the authority in a head of state, the authority in the head of a department. They give orders and instructions. And they, they, they groom everybody. A good leader. Those of us who have got, done some leadership training. A leader is called a leader because he has got followers. You cannot be called a leader without followers. If you have been calling yourself a leader and nobody follows you, then I think you need to go back to the basics and discover or identify your followers and groom them. And a leader motivates. A leader does what? He motivates those who follow him. It is that motivation that makes them want to follow him. A leader speaks words of encouragement. Because his work is to build up a strong team. Praise the Lord. That's exactly what Christ does. When we go before Christ, in spite or irrespective of the sins that you have committed in the past, as long as you have repented and allowed Jesus Christ to come into our lives, God sees the person of Christ, even as you walk towards his throne of glory or his throne of mercy. He would have, you would be burnt alive by the glory of the Lord if it was not for the covering of Christ who is your head. Praise the Lord. And that's exactly what it means. When God sees the crown that he has put in his own only begotten son, Jesus Christ, he sees that crown sitting on you. And when Jesus Christ, and that's what the Bible says in Romans 8, it says Jesus Christ is only the firstborn of the Father, among many other sons and daughters in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. He is our head. And therefore, as he stands ahead, all of us can follow Q. Because we are covered by his righteousness. A man is supposed to cover his wife with his own righteousness. Many of us have exposed our wives. We go telling every Tom, Dick, and Harry. I tell you, Mama, at Usiku. After me, I don't know what, I, what mistake I did getting hooked to her. Who told you to get hooked to her? You even paid some dowry. 
I remember one of my relatives a long time ago, and uh, he actually almost committed suicide because the father was telling him, you cannot marry from that family. And after a short time, everybody said, let the guy marry, and he got married. After two years or so, he started saying, now this wife is so ugly. The same fellow who had wanted to commit suicide to get to be allowed to get married to this lady now wants to commit suicide. Actually, literally. He wanted to commit suicide now so that he can be allowed to divorce the same lady. That's how unpredictable men are. Praise the Lord. We need to go back to the basics. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you a story an old man told me a long time ago when I just got married. And he came, and he's not a Christian. He passed on now. He's already gone. And he called me, he told me, my friend, he was actually my friend, even my wife knows, a man called Mulevo. And he used to come and talk to me. He used to respect me, actually, he used to call me Amze because he thought I had words of wisdom for whatever reason I don't know. And he told me, my friend, now you have gotten married. Sione mtoto wa mtu. Naembea usione watu wakienda na mabibizao wame wanunulea nguozuri na mafuta inanuka mzuri. Now, you will start thinking that those other wives are better than yours. You can imagine the wisdom of a non-Christian. And we miss it, brethren. Praise the Lord. I don't want to dwell on this matter because uh, there are a few things uh, the Lord willing will cover so that we can pray. Praise the Lord. The role of a man, therefore, just as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Which body? The church. And the church is being compared to our wives, our brides. The church is the bride of Christ. This lady is my bride. Praise the Lord. Aha, aha. You don't even smile. <laughs> this is my bride. I've just seen a prophet Joshua. I thought I saw Joshua walk in. Okay. Sour. Now, just as Christ is the head and the savior of the body, the role of a husband, of course, is to cover, to protect, to provide for, to defend, and to treat their wives as their own glory. As Christ defends the church. This according to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. Christ defends, protects the church as his own glory. Because when we are seen, they see the works of Christ. As Christians, they see the works of Christ. And when they look at my wife, they should see my works. They say, ah, ah this is the glory of Stephen. That, this, that's a, those are the scriptures, brethren. It's not me. Praise the Lord. And you know, many of us have seen men, you feel pity. Sometimes you see men with the 10 suits, 20 ties. I've got a lot of ties. Some of them, I don't even put them on. I can actually donate some at some stage. My wife can tell you. 20 pairs of shoes and the wife is walking on patapata. You know patapata? It's actually a pity because who is getting ashamed? It is not the wife. The wife is supposed to reflect your own glory. And if you do not clothe her well, then you have got no glory. That's why you start looking at other wives even in church and you think they are better than yours. Because you have not taken care of the very vessel that God has given unto you in Jesus' name. Men, we need to repent in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. They need to love their wives as their own bodies, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Can you give yourself for your wife? Just ask yourself, don't answer me. We need to sanctify and cleanse our wives with the washing of water by the word. Praise the Lord. That's the work of a priest and a prophet. Because a priest goes before God on behalf of the people. A man who does not present his family in prayer before God has lost his first responsibility. And then a priest, when you are going before God on behalf of the people, like Moses, he went as a priest before God. You go to offer sacrifices before God on behalf of the people. When you are coming back from God, to the people, you are a, a prophet because you are the mouthpiece of God speaking what God wants to be done or what goes and speaking the blessings that you heard from the mouth of the Lord to your own congregation. And our first congregation is our families. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! 
We need to be priests and prophets to our own families. And you know many times we, we remember to pray for other people's children. We do not remember to pray for our own children. We remember the issues that we heard being presented in church. There is no better description of hypocrisy than a man of God who presents the issues of other families before God and not the issues of his own family, praise the Lord, who prophesies in a congregation like this and you do not prophesy to your own family, praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Oh, praise the Lord! So the moment you see my wife not being, not like looking like she has had a prophecy from God, it might actually be my shortcoming. Because I'm supposed to be the first level of prophecy before she comes to the pastor. The first level of prophecy is the husband. I speak good words. I tell her even when she's in pain, I tell her you are healed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And many times I wake up, I don't disturb her. Now she can hear it. I pray for her. And sometimes I wake up, I lay hands when she's snoring a bit. I lay hands on her in Jesus' name. Because perhaps sometimes what disturbs me, sometimes I think I've spoken something that has not sunk much in her, in her heart. And I want it to sink. And to force it to sink, it's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will do it for me. Praise the Lord. So I speak prophetic words upon her in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! The Bible says we are supposed to forsake all else for the sake of loving our wives and possessing them. To possess is just to hold. How excited are we to embrace other brethren? But not so excited to embrace our own spouses. Now I'm speaking to both spouses, to both sides, both women and men. Many times we are so excited to embrace other people, but we are not so excited to embrace our own spouses. They are our flesh and our blood. That's what the Bible says, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says we need to dwell with them. With all understanding, we need to honor them as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together to the grace of the grace of life. Okay? Otherwise, our prayers will be hindered. That's what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. That we need to honor our wives. We need to carry them or to handle them with care. We handle our glass vessels with more care than our wives. Don't we? Sometimes we do. Nasikia we, iyo glass we zivunje. Unajua iligarimu pesangapi. And the first thing when you hear something fall, unauliza ninini mevunjeka, uja uliza mama umeomea. That's a, um, <laughs> your prophecy, your prophecy is for the glass. Can you imagine, your first prophecy is for the glass because, ah, ah, iyo plate yangu ninunua one elfu moja. Imevunjeka. The first question should be, umeomea my dear? Ah, ah, these are not jokes, brethren. These are the realities of life. I think as we grow old, we get so much used. Just as sometimes we can easily grow so much used to Jesus Christ. So that we start, uh, I remember what my brother was preaching. And even when, 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 when Apostle, Apostle Joshua was preaching the other day. You can get so much used to God, you start thinking he's like your brother. And that's many times we get used to our wives, we start thinking they are just like uh, any other person. Like our sisters and brothers, they are not. Our sisters and brothers came from the same womb with us. These are people we got. I, when I went to my in-laws, my, wife, my wife's mother cried. She shed tears. I remember the pain I felt for God to help me release my daughter into marriage. You, because this girl I brought up from when she's a, like a, an egg. And then it reaches the stage where somebody comes and you don't even know where they come from. You don't know the background. You don't know whether he has been taught how to take care of uh, somebody's daughter. And uh, one guy joked and I felt hurt actually. I've never forgotten. My wife perhaps uh, remembers. And he said, uh, he, he joked a stupid joke. This is serious business for a man to release his own daughter into another man's hands. And this is the thing we must remember as we live with somebody's daughter. 
and also the women. As we live with somebody's son, my wife is always in talks with my mother. My mother tells her, no, no, this is my, 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 my favorite son. Whatever, for whatever reason, I don't know. And she can keep on telling you the, the rest of the story sometime. And that's what my wife should remember every time, that she must take care of me so that my mother is happy as she, is, she sees her daughter-in-law taking care of her son. You know, to my mother, I'm still a baby. You don't know? You don't know? And to her mother, she's still a baby. And her mother should look at me. My, her mother respects me because she knows I take care of, her, of the daughter. And I extend some of the grace to her in Jesus' name. For some of us, never forget that you don't go before you are, your mother-in-law empty-handed. You don't. Uh-uh. This is the word of God. You do not appear before your mother-in-law empty. I remember that's a lesson that uh, Pastor, uh, you know, Prophet Joe taught us sometime. And uh, it, sank in my, it sank in my system. We need not, we need to avoid to be harsh with our wives. The Bible does not present these as suggestions. They are not options. They are an obligation that a man who fears God. If you cannot understand how to take care of your own wife and how to take care of your own children, you will not understand how, to take, how Christ can take care of you as a member of his body. Because this is your body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And part of the frustration may be that we expect too much as men when we have not actually invested much. Economists will tell you, you study the trends of, uh, say, bonds or in the market in general. And you can transfer your money from where it's not bearing much income to where it is bearing more income. And therefore, you invest where there is, there is potential for a higher and stable income. Praise the Lord. And how then do we expect to gain much from a family where we are investing almost nothing? You know, this is a lie. This is a lie and it's a fallacy. You know why it's a fallacy? Because the enemy knows that you are not spending so much time in your family. And therefore, when he attacks you, he even goes before God and he says, I've got a right to mess with the family because the fellow is not investing anything. He's the accuser of the brethren. Praise the Lord. Ah, uh ah, -uh. you didn't hear that? Did you hear that? You have got no right to reap from where you have not invested. You have got no right to enjoy a good family life when you have not invested anything in that family. Praise the Lord. And that, 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 uh, that, that, that of course, covers all of us. Men, women, and children. You must invest in your family affairs because you are a shareholder. If you do not then you have got no business expecting to get good fruits or to get a, to get a return. Until you get love, you, you get love because what the Bible says, the law of uh, sowing and, you know, seed time and harvest. What you sow is what you harvest. You sow wickedness, then you harvest wickedness. You sow laziness, you harvest laziness. You sow lack of love, you harvest lack of love. But when you sow love, even when it looks like almost impossible to harvest anything from the beginning. God, because God is not a liar, will ensure that you harvest love in return in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The role of wives, very quickly. God, of course, requires the wife, based on the scriptures that we have read, to submit to their own husbands as to the Lord. Women of God in this congregation, you are married or you are aspiring to get married. If you cannot understand how you can submit, they ask, uh, how on earth do I, am I expected to submit to a man even I've just met the other day? Why did you then get hooked to him? Because the word of God, and you see the, the good thing, you know the good thing about this. It's not those things where we go around, we are saying, you know, it's the Old Testament. It was, this is the New Testament. The Bible says, you must submit to your husband. And it does not give you a distinction between a husband who is born again and a husband who is not born again. For as long as he's your husband, you must submit to him. You must humble yourself to him. And that's what the Bible says. Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church and he said, who knows? 
by chance, by your humbling and submitting to him, he might actually get convicted so that he saved. Praise the Lord. I'm using my own words, but that's exactly what the Bible expects, or the word of God expects of us. We must be subject to, their own, to our own husbands in everything. The Bible says in everything, just as the church is subject to the church, to, the, to Christ. Because Christ is our king. He is our high priest. He is our biggest prophet. The prophet of all our prophets, of all true prophets of God. We submit to him. We humble ourselves before him. We do not ask questions when he speaks. Praise the Lord. Neither should we ask questions when our husbands speak. Asema, amen. Amen. Wadada. Nasikia ikusikika. Amen. You know this is how to get the blessing of the marriage institution. It is never going to be any other way. Part of the reason, of course, men have got no excuse because the Bible does not say you love your wife because she submits to you. I hear preachers sometimes saying that. It doesn't say it. It simply says, man, men should love their wives as Christ loves the church. Jesus loved me even before I knew how to submit to him. So it's not about the, the woman is submitting to you. That's a, woman, that's a human dimension. That's a, a, an earthly dimension. You love your wife because she's your body. Nobody is known to have hated their own bodies. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's not usual to take that long with the message in this service. But let me finish this thing and then we pray together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We need to recognize our husbands as the heads. Just as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Christ is the savior of the church. The body of Christ. Your husband is a savior of you, the lady who is here. And the lady will never hear this message. Because that is a comparison. It is not me. It is the Holy Spirit of God speaking through Paul. And he said, as Christ is a savior of the body, the husband must also be the savior of the wife. How many times do we, you know, I, 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 my, 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 my own people found my, myself to be an odd fool. Odd, odd, O-D-D, odd, fool. Because everybody tried to tell me how to live, with him, including my own father. And told my father, until I invite you to my marriage, this is out of bounds. I never ask you how you live with your wife. This is my own wife. Let us have problems. When we cry out for help, come. But do not try to make rules and regulations for my family because it's a different government. Praise the Lord. That's the courage many of us do not have. When I say, Mama yangu, family yangu, atakufa kwa uze. umemweka all those days. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! And if you are not ready to go to this level, of understanding and acceptance of the word of God. Do not get into marriage. Those of you aspiring to go into marriage, do not attempt. Because you are not going to run your government with the excuse that my father told me. The way your father lived is his own business. The way you treat your wife and you treat your own family and you manage your own family is your business and you are accountable to God for that in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, praise the Lord. You need to respect your husband and treat him as king. If we treat Christ as king, do we treat Christ as king? The comparison, the measure, the measure of a good marriage is Christ and the church. That's a measure. There is no shortcut to it. It's not Paul and his family. And the Bible says divorce is not allowable for a Christian unless two, only two things, death and adultery. You know, those are the small things. The man is a provider. The man if you are here and you are a man, even if you have got no job, you are the provider. Praise the Lord. And it is you to love your wife to the level that you know because she's your body. 
But if ukitaka kwa force utaipata and you will be very frustrated. You will be very frustrated. It might actually reach levels of depression. May God help us in Jesus' name. Because I think men, we come from an, a, 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 a background. Where to nambewa muzea kingia anabak. A king does not back because a king does not quarrel with subjects. Have you ever seen a king quarreling with his subjects? He just says, kale kameleta nyoko nyoko, enda uletu tuchape viboko. Analeta kanachapa viboko. But you will never hear a king arguing with his subjects. Well, you can, can you imagine President Uhuru goes and anasikia mtu wakimutukana kwa njia. Anasimama na muliza kwa nini wanitukana. He is the president of this republic. He cannot argue with his own subjects. Praise the Lord. How come we demean ourselves to the level ati unakuja kusema unaleta leta hiyo pesa mara moja hapa? Ne yako. Kama ne yako then you do not demand what is yours. You just have it. If it's yours have it. But it depends on how what kind of relationship you have created. I know men and women, I know men who some of them born again. Wanachukua pesa ya mama wanaweka kwa mfuko at the end of the month. You know those days when you only used to go to the bank because you were far and scattered. Once in a month, anaenda anachukua yote, anasema lete, anachukua anaweka kwa mfuko, na yake anaweka kwa mfuko, na anatembea nayo. The way the, the lady has got nothing even to buy tea. And it's a curse, brethren. It's a curse. Actually, it's a curse. It's a curse. We must repent and let God restore us in Jesus' name. It is not yours until you establish a relationship that makes it yours. It is only yours because of a relationship. And if you are not treating yourself, your wife with love as the head of that family and protecting her. Some of us who expose mama naenda kuomba pesa kwa bank, enda ukaombe pesa. Imeisha. Unamoindet, unamoindet, then at the end of the day you, you divorce her. Nani wewe umemtuma kwa corporate umemtuma kwa sui 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 which any women's empowerment fund i don't know which one kila anaenda analipa hii anakuja analipa nusu anaongeza one boy came to my house she's my is my is my niece and i told him off with the wife and the wife was too clever for anything good i told them friends this is how you are going to suffer because you are not even listening i gave them i think 7000 deliberately because i wanted just to get rid of them you speak to them they are not listening the boy, boy anasema, na ni mwalimu, anasema, you know, mimi, sisi tumezoea kuishi hivi, anko. Naenda tu mama, naenda, naenda, nachukua hii kwa merry go round, naenda, nachukua hii, na nakuja nalipa kidogo. And the boy is so heavily indebted, he had hundreds of thousands he was owing to different banks. You cannot live so foolishly and expose your, your wife, you are supposed to be the, the, the protector of your wife. And when your wife is being loved at and being insulted, when he's owing, it is you, it is not her being insulted. You should be ashamed as a man. You are the king. A king provides. A king just orders and says, eh, eh, bibi yangu ngoyaki ili amwisho nilimununia two months ago. Unasikia sisemi two years ago. Two months ago. Lete ngini. Mulete ngokumi. Mkuju mumpime. Na ngini muongeze thahabu yue naonekana maridadi. Hakaonekana nesema, eh, this guy is tough, eh. You see how, how, how well the wife is dressed. That's a, that's a glory. That's a glory. When we are seen shining, it's the glory of Christ being seen in the church. It is not you. And when your wife is being seen shining, it is your glory. So when you are, your wife becomes a laughing stock, it is a curse on you. It's an abomination on you as a man in Jesus' name. May the Lord help us to go back to the basics in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Failure to obey God's word, of course, and instructions exposes us uh, as it causes us to spiritually walk away from the grace and the covering of the husband. When we walk away as women, we think we can walk on our For as long as you are married and you have not divorced from that person, he is your husband. The moment you walk out, you will be exposed to all manner of things. The funniest thing, let me say this because uh, it's important. I have seen many women of God. And the moment they do a small mistake, they expose themselves so much, they start becoming the stepping stone, the stepping mat of every man. And you know what will happen? The most wicked will happen. And people will see the evidence. Hata watu wanakuja wanasema, hata hii mtoto, mbuna hii mtoto wanakani kano, wanakutana watu tu wanakuliza, wewe kuna watoto wawili ama ni watatu. Now you see, somebody is telling you you sinned and you never repented. 
What's the problem? You expose yourself. You walk out from the grace of your husband. For as long as you are married to that man, you should be covered under his grace. Just as we remain covered under the grace of Christ as the church in Jesus' name. To our children, very quickly in, in uh, chapter 6 of uh, Ephesians says, Children, obey your parents, of course, in the Lord. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may be well with you. And you may live long on earth. And you fathers now. You see, we like reading the first, the first part, which, at, uh, which pertains to children. Children are supposed to obey and honor their parents. So it can be well, two things. It can be well with them and their days on earth may be increased. You know, you can have your days increased and they are not sweet days. So don't ever pray that prayer if you are not going to honor your parents because you are going to have to live 90 years of poverty. The way you treated your father, you sowed a bad seed. You are harvesting the same bad seed that you, pre you, you, you sowed. Why would you expect it? You, you let your father sleep, go hungry. One of the blessings that we have, get, we have, we have attained with my wife is the blessings of treating my father well even when he was treating her bad. She can tell you, and my father confessed it in a family meeting. He said, this is the only lady my daughter, who has treated me like a father in good times and in bad times. They tried to treat her bad. And we said we are Christians, treat them with love. And my, father, my, my wife tried everything or you can ever imagine. It looks like a, that novel stuff. So that you do not breach the law of God. Because the law of God is not bargainable. It will not be well with you. I have never run short of money. Let me tell you. I might not have a lot, but I have enough to eat and I mean do all the basic things of life. And I believe part of it is because I was obedient and keen to treat my parents well. I still treat my mother well because she's the one who is living. My father passed on in 2006. For those of you who have got earthly fathers or even spiritual fathers who are still alive, you treat them with care. Love is, a, is an action word. It's an action word. It's a, it, 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 it is seen in other things. The way you treat them, the way you, you, you give them, you remember to go and see them. Some of us take two years before we see our parents. And they are old. They are at the mercy of any, anything. Tetunapigiwa simu, tunasikia mama, amegonjeka, unauliza, alipeleko hospital, amepeleko hospital. By the time you go, amepeleko hospital, na mutumingini hata, you have got no blood relationship. And we are giving testimonies here of how God is blessing. You know that blessing will go under. It's not my word. It's the word of God. Nothing will sustain that blessing that you think you have now or you are stepping on now unless you, you learn to treat your parents with love and you will support them in Jesus' name. But the, 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 the parents now, in verse 4 of Ephesians 6, fathers do not provoke your children to anger. Two things for fathers, how you treat your wives and how you treat your children. Many times we give so crazy conditions to our children. We know it is impossible to, um, to obey them. Because even we ourselves, we said, if we were taken back even a hundred years in history, some of the conditions we impose on our children are impossible. Children, I'm not giving you an excuse. The young guys, I'm not giving you an excuse. It's not an excuse to disrespect your parents. There is a way that you can still try to show love, to try to show respect, even though they are giving you impossible conditions. But parents, you must look at what, analyze critically the, 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 the conditions that we are imposing on our children. And when they become rebellious, we start wondering. The moment they go to college, you know they have had their first test of freedom. They stop coming home. Unasikia mtoto anatokanga, alitoka, alienda university 2016, eh? Hata aja ruini yumbana anapiganga simu tu. We need to ask ourselves, what's the problem? What is he running about? What running away from at home? Is it something that he met as he went to college? Or he realized all along that he was actually a slave, not a child? Praise the Lord. This is what is killing families, brethren. We must address them in Jesus' name. So that our families can be strong. And the church of Jesus Christ can be strong. You know, I know women. Wanaskia, I don't want to say. Mama, anaskia, mzee, akiubiri. 
Na mzee anahubiri watu wanaokoka, wengine wanaponwa. Mama anasema I wish they knew the kind of person they are listening to. And that what our kids sometimes say. And men, men of God, we need to be ashamed and go back and repent. Sometimes I've seen very disobedient kids also preaching. I'm calling kids because they are kids of uh, some parents. They might be in their 30s, they might be in their 40s. And uh, I imagine even their parents, if they found them preaching, they would do the same thing as those women. The same I wish our jamaa wangejua we put the name of the Lord to disrepute, brethren. And that's why the church is struggling because families are struggling in Jesus' name. And you know, just to cover, cut this short, eh? in chapter 6 of Ephesians, it starts with the relationship between parents and children. It gives instructions to the children. It gives instructions to the parents. And then it says, finally, put on the full armor of God. What does it tell you? Finally, after you have done these things, put on the full armor. You cannot put on the full armor of God to fight against spiritual places in high places until you have obeyed the first verses. It says, finally, it is following, or it's like saying, in addition, or after doing the above, now you can put on the full armor of God. That's why some of us are being torn apart by the enemy. Because he knows we are not covered. We have not obeyed the whole of the scriptures. We only want to obey and to put on the, 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 the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sandals of the preparation of the gospel of faith, the belt of truth. It's a pity, brethren. We read this, we think it is separate. You know, a letter, a letter is a letter. These are letters of Paul to the church. He says, children, obey and honor those who brought you into this world and also those who brought you into salvation. Those who are your parents, your spiritual parents, and also your earthly parents. And he says this is the first commandment with a promise. And he tells parents, do not provoke your children to anger. Because you can end up chasing them from the faith. And then it says, finally, now you can put on the full armor of what have we tried to do? We put on the full armor of God, our family is cursing meanwhile. Because we are bad fathers, we are bad children, we are bad wives, and we are bad mothers, we don't care about our children. We cannot put on the full armor of God until we have done ABC from verse 1 up to verse 9. Because finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Starts from verse 10. What have we done about the previous verses? Let me stop because of time. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I will give you the example of uh, Job. Job, in the first chapter of Job, the Bible describes how Job was actually a high priest of the family. And the prophet speaking good things for the family, to the family. And going to God, every time he knows the children have been celebrating or feasting, he says perhaps they might have uh, sinned against God. He gets a lamb without blemish and he goes to sacrifice it for their own atonement. That's a high priest to the children, the high priest to the whole family. Remember the story of Joshua. We quote those scriptures without thinking twice. We say Joshua declared that irrespective of what the other families choose to worship or to obey, I, Joshua, and my family will serve the Lord. Joshua spoke with authority. He did not say, I'm going to consult my wife. I'm going to consult my children. He spoke, one, as a high priest to that family. Two, as a prophet to that family. Because some of the things that we speak to our children, they have not yet been attained but we speak them prophetically. As for me and my children and my wife, even when the wife is deep in sin, and even when some of the children are still disobedient to the word of God, prophetically you speak because the word, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Praise the Lord. That's what a prophet does. The prophet does not speak of things that have happened. A prophet speaks of things that must happen. They have an appointed time. 
and they will not miss their appointed time according to Habakkuk. Praise the Lord. Let me point, stop at that point so that we, we, can, uh, we, can, we can have time to pray. I'm just summarizing that men, that's the first level of prophecy and priesthood, the family. We are kings. A king, I gave you the example of uh, President Uhuru. If you found your president fighting on the wayside and insulting those who insult him back, then you know he has lost the credibility to rule. Praise the Lord. And the moment you see a husband or a father fighting with the children or with the wife, then you know this is a guy who is going out of his kingship. He's going out of his uh, position of authority because you cannot fight with your subjects and survive. In Jesus' name, may the Lord help us. Let's stand up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Kings are kings because they have got subjects. And the moment our women and our children realize that there is a position ordained only for the head of the family, for as long as he's alive, things will be well. And we will get all the blessings of our fathers and our parents. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! I think this is something that we need to remember, brethren. I don't want to continue, but this is it. Let me share with you as we stand some statistics. According to the World Health Organization, one million people die from suicide each year. The global mortality rate related with suicide is 16%. For, sorry, 16 people for every 100,000 people. This translates to one death in every 40 seconds. And it's projected that by 2020, the rate will increase to one death every 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Every 20 seconds, a third of an hour, a third of a minute, you have a person dying because of suicide. From 1950 to 1995, suicide rates increased by 60% worldwide. And suicide now is among the three leading causes of death among those aged 15 to 44, both male and female. Okay? I want to give you the statistics for men so that you can see how endangered, endangered our men are. I want to pick that. I want to pick this. I want to pick this. But I know in the Kenyan situation, men are four times more likely to kill themselves through suicide than women. So for every one woman who commit suicide, four men will. The global statistics are about 6.5, I think. The Kenyan statistics, over 300 million people, are, okay, uh, Kenya has about 1.9 million depressed people. 1.6 million. Okay? The number of suicides in Kenya rose by 58% between 2000 and 2000. And 17. That's nine years. And it reached 421. 421 souls. Okay? And out of that 421, 330 are men. 330 actually translates to something like what? You can imagine three quarters of all these guys depressed. And these are the ones who are likely to commit suicide. And says suicide now is the second leading cause of death among the youth in the age bracket of 15 to 29. Are we not worried, brethren? What's the problem? Men are depressed, one, because they have absconded from their God-given responsibilities. They are expecting too much from their families when they are actually planning or sowing nothing. Two, men are frustrated because they have gotten hooked to women who do not understand their roles who went to be sitting on the man. It can be very frustrating. But if a man, you find a man being sat on, examine him. He might, he might also have a big problem. Hakuna, kwani huyu mama wakati ulimuawa, halikuwa nakukalia? Hakuna mutu anawa mama kimukalia? So what, what, what changed so that he started, she started sitting on you? There must be a mistake with you. The way you conduct yourself. Utapiga bibi. Si atajua muko, kwa sababu kumpika sinivita. Mukiata polisi munaandika statement mumpigana. Hata wengine undadanganya nsema kwanza kabla siya mpika li nikonga na kiti. So munapigana, so you are equal. She cannot be therefore your subject. You cannot be the head. The head never bites the foot. 
although the foot is part of the body. This is a problem, brethren, but I was giving you this statistics just to show you which direction our society is going with respect to men. We need to cry out to God on behalf of men in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, we bless you. We exalt you, King of glory. You have spoken to us, O King of glory, from your word, O God. And we know, Lord, the role of us as men, the role of us as women, O King of glory, the role as parents, as fathers and mothers, O King of glory, to our children. And our role, O God, as children to our parents. We have deviated, O King of glory, from your from our own given roles, O King of glory, as fathers, as mothers, as parents, O King of glory, as children, O King of glory. And this has brought in curses, O God, upon our families. Lord, we want to repent, O King of glory. We want to repent, Lord. Some of us, O King of glory, have equaled ourselves to our wives. Some of us have equaled our, ourselves to our children. And we've even, we have even fought with them and exchanged bitter words and printable words, O King of glory, with our children. Some of us, O King of glory, have considered ourselves simply because we are grown up as equal to our parents, O King of glory. And this has caused, has caused us, O King of glory, to go into issues, O God, that have tormented us, O King of glory. That are slowly by slowly pushing us into depression, O King of glory. We want to come back to our senses this afternoon, O King of glory. And repent, O God, and turn back unto you in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, Lord, and cleanse us, O King of glory, from every form of, uh, of unrighteousness, O King of glory. In the name of Jesus, have mercy, O God, upon every family that is represented in this place, O King of glory, this afternoon. Give us a new beginning, Lord. We repent, O King of glory. We repent, O God. We repent on our own behalf. We repent on our behalf of our spouses. We repent, O God, on behalf of our children and on behalf of our parents, O King of glory. Where we have wronged you, King of glory, by not being careful to obey your word, O oh Lord. We pray that you forgive us and that you cleanse us, O King of glory, by the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We have seen statistics, O King of glory, indicating, Lord, that the men, O oh God, are under the threat, O oh King of glory, of depression, O oh King of glory, many times over than the other gender, O King of glory. Lord, this might also be manifest, O God, in your church because we have moved away, O King of glory, from your righteousness, from your holiness, O King of glory, and we have followed the ways of the world. We want to repent, Lord, and we want to say that it shall not happen in our midst, O King of glory, in our congregation, O King of glory, as Gong Road Deliverance Church, we say no, that these statistics, O King of glory, shall not reflect, O King of glory, in our midst, O God, because we repent on our own behalf, O God, and on behalf of our brethren, O King of glory, who might have sinned against you, O King of kings, and Lord of lords. We repent, Lord, on behalf of your own universal church, O King of glory, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in Kenya. Because these statistics, O King of glory, can also be mapped onto many homes and families of your ministers, O King of glory. Men and, men, that, men and women that you have called to the ministry, O King of glory. And they continue to lay hands, O King of glory, on the flock, O God, and passing the same condemnation, O King of glory, that they carry with them to the congregation. We want to repent, O God. We want to repent, Lord, on behalf of the church in the name of Jesus. We want to repent, O King of glory, on behalf of the men and women that you have ordained, O King of glory. And they have not walked right, O King of glory, in the presence of their families, O God. We pray that you forgive us, O King of glory. Give us a new beginning, my Father and my God, in the name of Jesus. We want to repent, Lord, on behalf of every family that is represented here, O King of glory. It doesn't matter, Lord, whether it's represented by the Father, by the Mother, by the children, O King of glory, by the grandchildren, O King of glory. We want to cry unto you, O King of glory, 
on behalf of every such family, O God. Have mercy upon us. Cleanse us, Lord, from every form of unrighteousness, O King of glory. And let your Holy Spirit, Lord, remind us, O King of glory, that the family life, O God, is also a ministry. Indeed, the first level of ministry, O King of glory, because before we come to the bigger congregation in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord, to reflect your glory, because the church is the glory of Christ. When we shine our light, O King of glory, we show your glory, Lord, amongst the nations, O King of glory. And in the families, Lord, the wives are the glory of the husbands, O King of glory. When the wives shine the glory, it is the glory of their priests, of their prophets, and their kings who are their husbands, O hallelujah. We depend on behalf of the husbands who have not taken care of their wives, who have not taken care of their families, who have never protected them, who have, who have not provided for them, who have even caused them, O King of glory, even to sin against you, O King of glory, to lie, O God, in the name of survival, because we have not covered them, O King of glory, with enough grace and protection. We repent, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we repent, Lord, on behalf of our women, O God, and our children, O King of glory, who have not been obedient, O God, to the authority that you have set up, O King of glory, in the family. Forgive us, Lord, and cleanse us by the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name.